0: by emailing us at info at com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give.
1: Welcome to another episode of Digging for the Truth, and I have back with me in the studio my beautiful bride.
2: Hello. How are you? Fine. How are you?
1: I am well. Thank you for coming back on. Sure. I'm glad to do it. And tonight, we are going to be talking about discipline. And that's one of those conversations that uh, may take a little bit to get into because everybody has an opinion about discipline. Actually, everybody has an opinion about everything these days. But especially, I think, uh, discipline. So before we get cracking on that, I'd like for us, we're just going to go through our, uh, our quick principles. I think you're going to go ahead and just lead us up on that.
2: All right. Again, we feel like these are so important that they bear repeating every week, but we'll go breeze through them quickly today. Um, principle number one, always parent with Jesus. That's obvious, but it, it's just, he, he knows everything.
1: Including your children.
2: Including your children. Uh, principle number two, love your child as you love yourself. The golden rule. Who knew that it applied to our children as as parents? Principle number three is have the heart of your child. We're gonna talk about that exclusively next. Session. Yeah, in
1: fact that 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 is our favorite yeah. uh, you know, series to do or session to do.
2: Yeah. So stay tuned for that one. Principle number four is you cannot control anyone except yourself. Um I wish we could control our kids, but that, that might not be it's, the best way to go. Well, <laughs> they usually kind of, one or two, one or two,
1: something bad usually happens when we try to yeah. control when we use that word right. improperly. Well, yeah.
2: we'll talk about that in a little bit.
1: Well, you know, I, I kind of want to jump a little bit into what discipline is and what the Bible says about discipline. You know, when we, there's, I bet you there's one scripture that's popping in your head when it talks about scripture, or uh, about, you know, scripture and discipline. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to start with this one right here. Mark twelve, thirty through thirty two, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And this is Jesus speaking here, okay? And they asked them, with all the commandments, what is the greatest commandment? Says, so you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And then the second, like it, is this that you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. And so <clears throat> one of the things before we go on, I bet you that when I said, you know, scripture and discipline, the first one that popped in your head was, um Spare the rod, spoil the child. Did you know that that phrase is not in Scripture? It's not. i tell you what, but it does come, usually kind of stems off of Proverbs 13, 24. And I wanted to kind of break this down a little bit. So here's the New King James um, says that he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines promptly. Now, when you take out the uh, strongs and you look at the word hate and you look at the word discipline. Discipline, in the word rod, um, is talking about promptly and effectively disciplining your child. Let me look at it this way. So here's a modified version of the Passion Translation. So here's what the Passion Translation says. It says, if you withhold correction and discipline from your children, you demonstrate a lack of true love. So prove your love and be prompt to discipline them. Now, I swapped out the word discipline. The, The Passion Translation uses the word punishment. And I think punishment is the wrong word, and we're going to talk more about that later. And so, this is really, though, and we're not trying to change Scripture or any of that stuff. When you really take, and you want to take uh, the the Greek, and you break this down, looking at the Strong's, this is a very true depiction of what that Scripture is saying. And when we don't properly discipline our children— and, and we'll talk more about this, but when we don't properly discipline our children, we're doing them a disservice. We're not being the parents that they called us to be. And we're going to kind of get through a lot of those pieces uh, tonight. But I thought I better hit on that very one thing before we got too far into it. So back to the first scripture, you know, these little neighbors. We have little neighbors, little bitty ones that um, are not really good at boundaries living in our house with us. And so we need to treat them as we want to be treated that is really going to be a lot of what discipline's going to be. You know, one of the things that I teach often especially to young men when I that are mentoring stuff is like if you want respect, give it. If you want authority, respect it. And you you have to do the same thing in parenting. Um, you know, so when they're going to be quirky, they're going to be immature, um, and so we have to filter through these things and that's when Brandy was like just say on the on the you know, parenting with Jesus on principle number 1. You're going to need Jesus because they're going to push your buttons. Um, before we came this evening, I ensured that my wife ate because she might hey. have a tendency to. <laughs> He's telling on me. Nice. I, I I didn't am. know you were going to say that. I, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but the reason is, is, some of us, honestly, we, me included, we can get cranky when we're tired or if okay. we're hungry okay. or or any of these things. And we have to make sure that we are listening to the Father's voice as we parent. Otherwise, things are going to get out of Out of control so when they're we we have to also learn to be kind to our children Um, and and they're gonna frustrate you they're gonna push your buttons they're gonna know your buttons some of them better than any uh, anybody and they'll and they'll push them so the the things that we want we want to make sure that we don't boast and we're not arrogant but also this is something that we've kind of mentioned through each of the episodes and that is um, you know each of the sessions is that is to apologize when we make a mistake you are gonna make a mistake as a parent Um, that's just how it's going to be. We're, you know, the problem with the the church, full of people, guess what? People are fallible, (laughs) but we serve an infallible God. And when we have a contrite spirit and we submit our hearts to God and not, this should be applied to any area of our life, but especially as we're raising godly kingdom builders inside of our home.
2: Well, it teaches humility, and God—humility is currency with God, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's why Jesus was so amazing. He's, he took off his crown and laid it down so that we could be saved. That's that's an act of humility, and I think—
1: The ultimate.
2: Right, and in our parenting, we should walk in that same humility, and by having to say sorry to a three-year-old, that's pretty humbling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, you know, so that kind of leads us to the next, the next thing, and that is you cannot control anybody but yourself.
2: Well, and that's so true. When we we try to parent by control, we could fall into one of two negative behaviors. The first is neglect. Get out of my face! Leave me alone. That's I'm going to control you by keeping you away from me, and it's manipulative in its nature.
1: Yeah, we're actually going to talk more about that on permissive parenting. Yeah,
2: right. And then uh, the second. Negative behavior that could come from parenting by control is abuse. I'm going to make you do what I want you to do, whether that's through my, ver- my verbal abuse or physical abuse, even, even worse. But um, to teach your children to have self-control, to honor them so they can honor you, it, it takes extreme you, – you must be very intentional – to do it and make that decision before you get out of bed in the morning? Cause they're going to push your buttons.
1: Well, that's why it's also, you know, just talk about our walk with God. The very first thing that Brandy and I do every single day, um, is we carve out time to spend with God and we each have our quiet places and the kids may come in and everything. And they know though, Hey, this is mom and dad's time. And we have to first make sure that we're ready to face the day. And we do that by submitting our hearts to God first.
2: Well, and by submitting our hearts to God, setting that example for our kids, saying you should do this too, then teaching them, you know, the fruit of the spirit, one of those is what? Self-control. self-control yeah. So to to teach them self-control, you know, I've heard it said, I don't even know where it came from, but it's popular. Um, we're raising adults. And it's hopeful that when your kids get into their teenage years and beyond, that Mommy and daddy aren't going to have to go sit with them and hold them accountable at the school or where, you know with the law.
1: And we could talk a whole lot about oh, that goodness. because it we're gonna. It's embarrassing how ill equipped. People are. I mean, in fact, I mean, if you even look at statistics, I mean, kids don't even want to drive now. I mean, the average kids not even get their uh, driver's license until like, I think, 17, 18 years old. Some of them even older. I'm talking averages here. And when I was a kid, think about when you were a kid. I mean, you wanted to get your license. So this is this is a product, a byproduct um, of how children are being parented, trained, and raised mm-hmm. uh, in society these days.
2: The goal is to to raise independent people, and sometimes by training them to be independent, you're having to lay down your will, they end up going to school in their polka dot pants with their neon green striped shirt and loud hair and all of this. But you are creating independence in your child as you are allowing them to make choices. Even today, our youngest, um, she has very fine hair and it keeps getting tangled. And I said, well, if you're not going to take care of it, we might need to go get it cut, but I'm going to let you decide. Do you want to make sure you brush it through or do you want to get it cut? Well, she decided I'm tired of this hairbrush stuff. I'm getting my hair cut. And then <laughs> at the salon... That's not
1: why I did mine. <laughs> no. God had different plans for my head.
2: <laughs> well, and at the salon, the lady asked me how I wanted her hair cut and I looked at the little girl and I said, how do you want your hair cut? And she told her. So I I think, you know, hair grows back. and But by... And that's a little thing by allowing them to to make independent choices you're you're creating and, and if you go to the doctor what's your address you tell them you know your address what's your birthday you know your birthday and turning to them equipping them to not be too shy to answer questions because someday they're going to have to do it alone. Well,
1: and to equip them um so the next thing really that we kind of want to talk about is punishment versus discipline um, those are two very different words um, punishment is a negative connotation, whereas discipline is a parenting tool to teach personal accountability. Um, and, you know, there is a, there's a graph or a chart here I'm going to show you here in a second that, that we've kind of pulled from uh, Focus on the Family that really kind of lays this out well. But, you know, and I'm going to give some examples here in a second. But effectively, this is a great uh, graph to look at. So the purpose of punishment is to inflict a penalty for an offense, uh, whereas discipline is to train for correction and maturity. Um, focus, well, the focus of punishment is looking at past misdeeds. So you did all those things in the past and because you did all that now we're in, but whereas discipline, what we want to do is, is correct future acts. Um, I can think of several examples just in, in us raising kids where, you know, instead of dwelling in the past, I could already see the kids, their hearts were submitted. They're already looking to the future, not wanting to, to do that again, which lends itself to the next one attitude. What is punishment? Well, hostility and frustration on the part of the parent, whereas discipline leans to love and concern on the part of the parent. And the resulting emotion of the child, well, in punishment is fear and guilt. And that's a form of manipulation. That's how Satan works. That's how, I mean, fear and manipulation. Think about this. God never operates in fear and guilt, and he convicts our heart. But God is mercy, grace, and love. Okay, whereas the resulting emotion of a child for discipline, well, we're looking at they feel secure. They know that their parents are creating these boundaries. You know, in our home, one of the biggest sins you can commit um, is to be mean to this woman. <laughs> All right? It's just tr- he, he takes good care. Well, and here, here's why. I mean, think yeah. about this. I mean, if you've ever met this woman, she's really sweet. and she, But she does everything for these kids. And also, we're talking about, you know, what does the scripture say about honoring your parents? Um, you know, in, in, in Timothy, first and second Timothy, it begins to kind of lay out, you know, the latter days. But one of the things it talks about is that there's 19 things that they kind of, that, that Paul spells out. And one of those is that children will be disobedient to parents. I will not let that stand. And, and it begins with disrespect in the mouth, you know, if, or even body language. My gosh, you can say so many things about it. <laughs> You know the teenage language. I mean, it, I, that only kind of pushes me through the roof. But you can be kind of you know push me a little bit, and I will still set them straight. But you do not do it to her, um, and because what that's doing is, and that's when it goes back to loving your neighbors yourself. But also the Proverbs thirteen twenty four is to promptly address that situation, because we want to change future behavior, and the whole goal is to introduce them with to Holy Spirit, have a relationship with Jesus Christ they listen to Holy Spirit, they listen to, you know, just like Brandy mentioned to go on the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, that they go through that list, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and they want to be able to self-regulate. And that's the whole goal um, of discipline, is to teach them to self-regulate.
2: Well, and I think of a scripture, I think it's in Romans too, but it, it talks about the, the kindness of God is what leads us to repentance. And I feel like as parents, we feel like we have to be harsh and have to come down hard on our kids for them to be truly repentant for what they've done. But often it's it's grace and kindness that, and it's not in a manipulative way. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying there. But to to be kind to somebody and they know, they know when they've been a turkey. Oh yeah,
1: they do. They know when they have been, and, and, and they, especially I mean, their little hearts are convicted, mm-hmm. and so it's opportunity though. For us to correct, and then let God let just let them even sit with God, and and let Him really go in and and do the hard works. Mm-hmm. So, section number two, um, we're gonna go ahead and it's a four parenting styles, and basically there, this is something that we pulled, um, from uh, Dinah, uh was, was Baumrind I think and uh, McCobe and Martin, and they were child psychologists.
2: Back in the sixties. Yeah, right?
1: I think I think it's somewhere it's it's it's, it's pre me anyway, but they <laughs> they did actually have four really good points, and that has to do with. Uh, I'm gonna say I think I actually have your slide here, but here they are: authoritarian, permissive, uninvolved or neglectful, um, and authoritative. Of all of those, only one of those, those is good. So, and I'm gonna go ahead and spill the beans. It's authoritative, like love, the very last one. And the reason I'm telling you that is, so as you go through these others, you kind of kind of have a, a a litmus, and you can listen to them. And if you find yourself listening to the enemy saying oh i've kind of fallen that category we're going to talk about romans 8 1 here in a minute okay so don't let the enemy shame you but let's because we can all potentially fall into one of these but let's begin with the authoritarian so what is what is authoritarian well
2: authoritarian is the because i said so parent it's my way or the highway you do what i said or you get out of here and there's no give or take and sometimes whether we like to admit it or not as parents You've got to hear their side of the story. There have been so many That's times right. where I have misread something happening. I go in and I think this kid's guilty, but it's that one. <laughs> and there are times where if I didn't stop and hear, I would be unfair. We can we can just yeah. assume this kid stirs the pot, and it's always her. It's always him. But if you don't hear the whole story, it, it's easy just to fall into a, a punishment base. Um Authorit. I'm going to hold my paper because I can't remember all this. So pardon me for reading directly from it. But authoritarian parents hold high standards and expectations. They're they're strict and rigid, and, and many and times
1: abusive. This this parent can also. It, it's very common for this person um, to come from abuse and to also. Fall into an abusive pattern,
2: right? Although it's not always it no, no, just no. Be the rigidity of their yeah. personality or rules. Um, the child's feelings and opinions are hardly ever taken into account. Um, and and sometimes our we cannot let our children be led by their feelings. And we already discussed that in a previous episode. But there are times where we really need to hear them out. Hearing their heart means we have their heart.
1: Yeah. That's really important.
2: Right. Um, Inadvertently, authoritarian parents teach their child to fear authority. God is authority. He is full of grace, but he does hold us accountable. He does want us to grow and become better.
1: That's uh, pruning the vine.
2: Right. And in the same way, we should find ways where we can begin to prune our children and and, and be honest with them and say, I see this as bad fruit in your life. Or this could become bad fruit in your life, but if, if you don't tend to this now, um, you know these these children raise children raised in this kind of atmosphere are often perpetual liars because they will do whatever it takes to, to not stay get in out trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah, and they often have low self esteem because they can't make a decision by themselves. It, it's mom or dad having to decide for them how to think and how to process. So often their self esteem is very low, and they don't trust. Their own gut in, in the future when they become adults. Um, they are sometimes hostile. Kids in, in this this atmosphere become hostile and aggressive because nobody's listening to their hearts. And when your heart isn't heard, you get angry.
1: Well, they resent authority, mm-hmm. you know. And think of this: is that if they resent authority, then that can also lead to them resenting God, mm-hmm. because you know uh, studies have shown repeatedly that. Um, children they, 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 they many times apply the attributes of God to how they perceive their father, mm-hmm. um, and that can also translate over to the mothers well, but when if you have a father that is I mean constantly got their finger in their chest, I mean and, and that you teach them to not respect or to be afraid of authority, then you're teaching them to be afraid of God
2: mm-hmm. and teaching them that God is not love. And that God is not love, that's right. right. have to perform to be loved. Yeah well, what's the next one?
1: well permissive parenting and this one to be honest with you gets on my nerves because it's it's the neglectful hands off the the rules and boundaries are not enforced so you know if you ever watch uh, jurassic park <laughs> okay and the, the, i think i can't remember which one it was but it's when they you know they have the velociraptor in the middle of and probably, i think it's actually the first one maybe I think it is. you know and, and he says oh she's a smart one you know and anyway <laughs> they'll be jumping up trying to find new boundaries that they can get through if you do not protect your boundaries okay those kids will constantly attack that and then they will plow through it and then they will run you over uh, you have got to defend boundaries um the permissive parent generally won't you know what's crazy this is a, a, something that's come up recently and this really makes me angry. Um, uh, there's a number of young people that have fallen into my path recently that have shown up, okay, at other people's parents' house. And they, the parents, okay, without these other kids' permission, we're talking about high school kids here, okay, are offering alcohol and things of that nature to children, to underage kids, okay, to 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids. And this is happening from people that even may go to church. This really angers me. This is permissive parenting. This is how you create a child who will, I mean, end up on any type of, I mean, well, they'll try anything and do anything and go down just like, you know, you've heard Pastor Jeff and others say, but, you know, it'll, the sin will take you further than you want to go and keep it as long as you want to be. This is what the permissive parenting is setting up you know, they don't generally have a backbone. They, they want to be their children's best friend. And, uh, you know, and so like they don't want to offend their kids. Let me tell you something. Your job right now as a parent is not to be their friend. I know that sounds harsh. My long term goal is to be phenomenal friends with my kids. Okay. But my job right now is to be the parent and to make sure that I lead them and, and teach them and train them and help them understand how they're going to navigate life. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is a great example of this. I remember him being on an interview. It's been years back, um, but Miley, Millie Miley. I think Miley Cyrus. How you say her name, right? And if, if she used to have that uh, TV show, and now she's a you know singer and all this kind of stuff. And man, that girl went off. And he was in this interview, and he he said, "Well, the one regret I kind of have is I wish I'd have been, you know, more of a parent instead of trying to be, you know, Miley's friend." Well, I mean, he was an absolute permissive parent. There's no telling what all went on, uh, just in the name of, hey, let's have fun, and, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, and life's too short. That's another phrase I can't stand. But anyway, research shows that these children are awfully very defiant because as soon as you do put up boundaries, they become defiant people. Like, You're not going to tell me, or they won't respect authority. Um, they oppose authority and rules. Um, they perform poorly usually academically and they also shirk responsibilities you see this in certain generations I'm not going to point them out right now but it means you see a thread and as it comes to you know kind of this collective you know mindset of how to raise children part of this you know on this permissive side you can, you can pick them out you can pick out the kids who had this going on in the home
2: something I just thought of too I feel like you, you know, Trent and I always tell our kids, we're not the parents who are going to tell you, follow your heart, or we just want you to be happy. Um, those are superficial lies of our society. Yeah. And I
1: mean, the Bible tells you the difference between happiness and joy.
2: Right. Joy comes from God. It comes from God. Happiness
1: is based on happenings. Right. I'm happy I got a car, happy I got a new this, a new iPhone, a new whatever, but every bit of that can be taken from you.
2: Right. You'll be perpetually chasing stuff so you can feel happy or Perpetually chasing food or that that next thing that makes your heart happy. I mean, then it'll be empty in the end. But we we tell our kids, um, we want you to hear God. <laughs> and sometimes that's that that's not following your heart always. Your heart can be deceitful. The Bible says. But um, I feel like in permissive parenting, it's just follow your dreams. And and I you I'm kind of sounding pessimistic on that.
1: Listen, but but here's the thing: is that your dreams, if they don't align with God, you're going to fail. Okay, God created you for a purpose, and part of the th- the most important thing that we can do, and p- discipline is a big part of this, is to help our children know who they are, mm-hmm. their identity. If they know who they are in Christ, then they will know their purpose. And and many times, you know what happens? I mean, look at all these people. Do you th- I mean th- these days they want to be TikTok or YouTube or whatever? You know, influencers or whatever the phrase they want to pick now. And and it's all superficial because what happens is if you actually study a lot of these people, I mean, when they get, when they're making all the, you know, they're getting the new hits and the likes and subscriptions, they're all happy. But guess what? It's just a fad. It's just a matter of time for those people to start to cave and nosedive. They always have to do one more thing, bigger thing, something new. And eventually they'll be discarded like, you know, used garbage. They all are in the end. It's
2: never enough. Never
1: enough. Never. And so it depends on how you, so anyway, I, I, I agree with, you know, your point there.
2: Well, the next one is uninvolved or neglectful parenting. And and oftentimes this happens by accident, whether there's a sickness in the, one of the parents or maybe there's a divorce or extreme depression for some reason. And and there are times where, I mean, let's just face it, as parents, there are times we're less connected than we ought to be. And I believe we should give ourselves grace for those times because life is yeah. hard. There are times where we're going to have to sit back and and maybe we can't be as Intentional and as active with our kids. as we Well, and there's come. gonna
1: be certain seasons where I mean it's, and that's okay You know, I, I have a, a good friend who, who went through something not too long ago and he uh, And it was a real thing and he is a man of God But now he is really reconnecting his heart to his his kids because during that season He was not as involved as he should have been and that did create some scars but here's the thing is that man I highly highly respect And he's doing everything he can to repair and to bridge that. And so if it's happened, and it probably, it can happen to any of us, just know that you can repair that. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, You know, if it is regarding substance abuse, I mean, get help, get counseling. If you're depressed, get help, get counseling, and find ways that you can reconnect with your kids. Um, The unintentional, or, or, or just being uninvolved or neglectful, often the kids, they... I lost my place. I apologize. Um, they're in. Indif- these parents are indifferent to the activities, opinions, friends, schoolwork, and roles of their kids. Well, naturally, the kids are going to create their own roles, and eventually, their hearts might be caught by someone else. Well, it's
1: they're going to be. We we've said it before. So. And I think it's something that I'm going to do here for long, but how to raise your, your children, how to parent in a digital, digital world, yeah, in a good. digital age. And, and one of the things that is you know, damaging kids and families more than anything in the world is social media. Yeah. Um, there are millions of voices uh, you know, vying for the attention of your children, not just our kids, us. Think about how many marriages and things like that are suffering because of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're struggling with it or you have to deal with it, imagine how much harder it is for a kid the so, immaturity yeah. yeah so if we're not present um the world will be
2: authoritate or no authoritarian permissive and uninvolved parentings all these all these parents are unpredictable kids need predictability they need consistency they need you to be intentional and i think that's that's one of the flaws of those three parent- They they don't know where they stand and, and that's kind of a hard place to be, even as an adult.
1: Well, I would rather somebody tell me directly what's going on, you know, and, and to know where I stand versus just all the... You got to just read between the lines and hope you're guessing right. And that's why we want to talk about the authoritative parent. And you can always remember the difference between authoritarian and authoritative is because love and authoritative both end with the, the E. Uh, you know, and this is any type of leader. This isn't just parenting, but this is any type of leader. You want an authoritative leader. Uh, look at our government. We live under an authoritarian government now. Look at lockdowns. This is, this is a great way to, 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 to remember these you know, because we live under a, a very, I mean, in my opinion, a tyrannical government at this point. That's taking freedoms away from people left and right. They're, that's authoritarianism. In other words, you do what I say, or we're going to figure out a way to just get rid of you, or, or put you in your place, or destroy your life, or we're going to, you know, hire eighty-seven thousand IRS agents to come and destroy your, you know, financial. I mean, I know I'm kind of going off on a soapbox here, but that's what authoritarianism is. Um, authoritative, okay. Authoritative leaders are people like Ronald Reagan. I know I, I'm just sitting here thinking I'm. Ta- there's plenty of Republicans that I don't like either. Okay, so but but if you look back, I mean, he was an authoritative leader. Our country was incredibly united. Um, you know, I remember growing up in that season. And now let's take authoritative leaders, okay, good leaders, um, and apply it towards parenting. Um, you know, before we go any further, I want to just talk about that. Romans eight one it says, therefore, there is no condemnation in Christ. If you have, which we all have, let's just be honest, man, uh, Brandy and I, we both have fallen under somewhere under these other categories at some point, okay? Absolutely. Um, and so, but you all, all we're doing, though, is making sure that, okay, we need to correct, we know that that was, and we need to get back on this authoritative path. So the authoritative parent is really good at setting and defending boundaries. Um, this is something that we do really well together. So let me give you a couple of examples. In our home, okay, um, if you... Uh, as far as a boundary, okay, if you come in, and ask for your friend to spend the night, <laughs> you know, and the friend is standing right there, well, the answer is always going to be no because you just set that kid up. That's a form of manipulation, and we won't be manipulated into something, um, and we're teaching them, hey, you don't manipulate people. And not only that, two things happen there. You're trying to manipulate us while at the same time potentially, you know, setting yourself up or your friend up to not – to be embarrassed, Um And so that's an example. So we never – that's an example of a boundary we set, and we always defend that boundary, okay? Um, You know, we have other boundaries in regards to electronics and stuff like that, but we have to defend uh, those boundaries. So you have to make them, then defend them. Um, You also have high standards. You know, our military – is an absolute joke anymore. The other day they came out and they lowered the standard because our current military, after all the lockdowns and everything else, can no longer pass the standard uh, fitness test. The high, like, like I want to say with some really high number, like 60%. I mean, that's how out of shape our military is. Well, that's not smart. Don't lower the bar. Keep the bar where it's set and make them raise their game. That's what authoritative leaders do. That's what... As parents, I'm not going to lower the bar for the kids, you know, just, oh, so you can get over it. That's that whole everybody gets a trophy thing, okay? And they've already, you know, started they have really actually There's some books coming out about that that are secular that are showing the damage that that has done to kids. So, again, we're, we're trying to set good standards and we're trying to hold them to those good standards, um, you know? And not only that, the, the kids understand this is the next part of this is really important that the child is more important than the goal. Our kids, we're, yes, we're, we're trying to teach them and setting high standards, but nothing that's unachievable. We just don't want to lower it. We don't want them to settle. We want them to go for what God, everything God has, has given them um, in regards to their abilities, talents, um, to, to really to, to pursue God in every possible way. And that means in, in our professions, you know, in our you know, gifts, talents, and so forth. But one thing that my kids will always know, that our kids always know, is that I will always pick them that I will jump on a hand grenade for them. I'm always on their team. And, and that's something we have. It's hard sometimes because recently I was disciplining one of my children, um, and they were just staring at us was like blank. And they felt like I said, do you feel like I'm coming down on you? And they said, yes. I said, all I'm doing is holding you accountable. I said, I'm 100%. I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm on your team. But you're better than what you did. And that's what it looks like. Um, and being consistent with it. Um, you know, the, understand the power of praise and encouragement. We are always praising our kids. One of the things that I don't know how this came about, but one of our kids, so in our home, there's all the music. If you don't know, we're both musicians. Uh, Brandy's the better of us, but anyway, uh, she's got a beautiful voice. I'm more of an instrumentalist. Uh, but we, there's always music in the home and we had one kid that I don't know even where this idea, but this is straight from the pit of hell. That, that said, well, I'm not very good at it, so I'm not going to do it. And so we said, well, that, that's just not true. That's just not true, baby. Well, anyway, uh, last night, um, Brandy was sitting and playing, and this kid um, was sitting there singing, and it, it was glorious. It was so good. It was so good. And we just, I just put, remember put my hand on that kiddo's head and just praising them and just saying, that is so, so beautiful. I'm so, so proud of you. And you could just see it i mean you could just see her just yes yeah, sit up straight and and begin to just so that that praise think about how would you respond to praise now i know brandy don't want me to praise her too much so you know otherwise she she doesn't like to be on the spotlight but the truth is is even with my in our marriage i'm constantly praising brandy she's constantly encouraging me um our kids are no different also we need to be balanced you know with healthy constructive criticism so we're not pumping sunshine and we say listen you're really good, and only Brandy says it. How do you say it? Sweet, then give the message, and then sweet. Mm-hmm. Maybe you say it in your words instead of mine. Oh, you said it. Fine. Oh, okay. It fine. So uh, you usually with me? I'm like, all right, just tell me what I need to fix.
2: <laughs> Bottom line it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, you know that it, it really is important. Say, all right, hey, listen, you know you're really good at this. However, there's this one area where I I see that maybe you're struggling, or where. You know, I feel like you can improve, and, and here's here's why I, I think that or why I see that. Um, and then I praise him again, and that was her sweet, then the message, the tough stuff, and then the sweet again. Um, but they need to hear it. If they don't hear the proper criticism from us and the right – the principle of first mention comes up on this, that I want to make sure that they hear it from me first, even though it might be hard. Better me than cruelly from the world, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, research shows that they have higher self-esteem. Uh, Better grades, less likely to fall into negative behaviors and addictions, uh, usually strong decision makers, and successful adults. So, anything that you would like to add on that?
2: Well, with authoritative parenting, it's consistent love, consistent praise, holding them accountable for their decisions. But, again, it's that consistency of praise and love, I feel like. that goes
1: back to that relational parenting.
2: Yeah. And I guess this would be a good time to mention two books that – I really enjoyed one is Heartfelt Discipline by Clay Clarkson and the other is Parenting on Purpose by Danny Silk. Um, you know you might read both of those and feel like well what do I do because all they tell you to do is to love your kids.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but then you get it eventually like oh this really does work. I mean I can I can just tell you hundreds of times where If I consistently pay attention to the kids and I see their eyeballs and I, I put them before I put my house cleaning. I put them before I put my even even our education and things like that. Education is important. House cleaning is important. But if the kids know that they've got that I'm theirs first and they're mine first, and we spend time together, it's amazing how good
1: they are. Well, and just on that point, and then we'll. Go ahead. I have section three up here. It's talking about positive parenting. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and this kind of falls into it. But there are times we get busy. And what we'll do, she just said about see, uh, us seeing them, them seeing us. But when we get busy, we we'll always make sure if we, you can feel it. You can feel when things are getting a little bit wobbly. Mm-hmm. And we say, all right, we need to see eyeballs tonight. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways to do that. So anyway, positive right. parenting.
2: Just fill in their bucket. Um, this is relational discipline. Parenting from the overflow of relationship is the best way. If you, if you have their heart, you have their ear. It's something we like to say. I, I don't know if that was ours or if we stole that from somebody. But It's
1: too good to come from me. I don't know. I I've don't said know. it a long time.
2: I, I feel like we stole it. It's from somewhere. First um, Peter 4.8 says, love one another deeply. Love covers a multitude of sins. And I feel like when we, we see our kids through that lens first, and they know... Unconditionally, they are loved. No matter how stupid they are, no matter how big of a mess they have made, they are loved. I feel like that just lets everybody relax because you you can't can't do enough wrong to lose that love. Yeah, and that's that's the foundation for relational parenting. Relationship. Um, it requires a lot of time. It really does. You you. It does. Gonna have to put your phone down. Maybe you don't get to watch that show. Were you gonna say something? No, no, I mean
1: I've just I was agreeing with you. Yeah, it's relational parenting is going to require a lot more time. Um, and here's the thing: it's going to require a lot more time up front, mm-hmm. but it gets better and easier.
2: And I want to say, in these teenage years, you've got to be available when you're tired.
1: It's always it's always when you're ready to go to bed at
2: night. They're ready to talk.
1: And and I, and I so I and I'll just go ahead and say this. Like in fact, I probably need to do it tonight. <laughs> you know, when we get home. um But like uh, our 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 oldest girl, you know, love her man. But she is full of energy and usually ready to talk. You know, when I'm winding down, and my boy, the the one time he generally wants to to start talking or not even really talk, just like. Engaged to any level is uh, you know like nine nine thirty and I'm like okay well, I kind of want to go downstairs but I'll all right let's hang out and watch a show at least and then sometimes watching a show presents itself like we're watching what he likes watching World War Two stuff with me which is really good um, and and I'll say you know look at those men and here's why that's honorable it creates conversation yeah
2: well. I feel like also food is often a center point. Yeah. (laughs) Those
1: people eat a lot, but it's important.
2: Right. It's, it's amazing how much you connect over a cookie or we have cinnamon roll Saturday at the Taylor house. It's not always cinnamon rolls these days, but just, it's amazing how much connection happens over the table, over, over breaking bread together.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's biblical.
2: Yeah. I was about to say that's part of God's design. I really think, um, you might have to say the same thing a thousand times. Oh, yeah. Which in my temperament, for whatever reason, I, I really don't like to repeat myself. And with five kids, I often I often have to repeat myself a lot. But there you it's a it's a decision to be patient with saying the same thing again or this again, we're dealing with this again. Just loving them and, and trying to control your voice and <laughs>
1: It can be, sorry, I was having a funny thought over here. Uh, so in our home, you know, this isn't the funny part, but in our home, if you ask my kids what the number one rule is, they'll always say, always tell the truth. And the reason that's my number one rule is because I figure if you get that if you get the heart right and the heart is telling the truth and it's all in the light then we can work through all the other details. However, if you ask my cousin, he has four boys and there's a season they were all really small and these boys, man, they are a handful. So if you asked him what the number one w- rule was for a while, I'm not sure what it is today, but I said he says don't poop in the tub. <laughs> that's a good rule. Yeah, and that's that's a good rule too. <laughs> um uh but anyway, Brandy was talking about though, saying the same thing over and over and over again. Well, when we came to this realization, God gave me a vision. Um, I don't remember if I was it's a dream or if I was just—it's just a thought that God put in my head. Because it's been a little bit, that had to do with just dripping water. Have you ever gone someplace where water's constantly falling on stone, and it will create a groove? And the vision I had was just every time that drop hits uh, and lands on that rock, it's just. And eventually it'll create a little groove. In and in right at first that water's going everywhere, right? But after a while and and you repeat it over and over and over, it finds a groove and it creates a path and it stays within that groove. And that's the same thing that we're doing when we're repeating ourselves what it feels like again and again. And I wanna go back to what I said a while ago, and that is that's a boundary. Mm-hmm. Repeating ourselves And and, and we're reaffirming that boundary, making that boundary stronger, thicker, you know, more powerful and understandable. And and this will translate when they're self governing, self governing themselves.
2: I feel like so much of our lives are centered around habits, and if you can begin the discipline of habits in your children at an early age, they. They will grow up to be habitual people and you've got to decide what kind of habits do I want my children to have um, Early on when our children were tiny, maybe even as young as three, we would make a little paper with pictures about their morning habits. yeah we wake up, we make our bed, we brush our teeth, we eat breakfast or oh, anyway probably those in reverse but you know what I'm saying and now I don't when they get to age six and eight, I don't have to tell them, brush your teeth, make your bed. They've got oh, habits about it. I,
1: in fact, I was, even this morning, it's funny. You know, I walked out and I saw, you know, our girl's bed. I was coming around after I was heading to work and I saw their beds made perfectly, you know. And uh, and that's that that's a really, you know, it, it's, it's encouraging because you see good fruit, you know, and it's been um, trained in them. There's a reason in the military that they make them make their beds and teach them to make their beds properly. We're not drill sergeants we didn't go in there and have to make them do the military corners or anything all no, right but
2: i let their rooms be their rooms and <laughs> to a certain degree they're even allowed to have a certain bit of messy because i understand not everybody's need is a pen but there if you're going to not pay rent then you at least need to make even
1: <laughs> well i think it's time they all start paying rent <laughs> oh, that's a good idea yeah. we could be rich <laughs> yeah. five kids yeah <laughs> well you know i want to talk about the um touchy subject of spanking and uh, i'm going to tell you what we do I'm gonna tell you what the bible says it goes back to you know spare the rod. well let me tell you something the bible in, in, in when it's talking about it, it was like again that was discipline there was a person that i, I have in mind and i'm not going to mention obviously uh, by name but when we were young parents um they came to our house they had a, a baby probably nine months old not very old and the baby was just tired and fussy it was dark outside and, you know, this person says, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. And I, mean, I was like, and, and just started swacking on this kid. And I was like, whoa, man. I was thinking, and that was the last time we ever had them over. I mean, but, uh, I mean, I had compassion. And there, there were later there were problems. Um, but th- that's, that's a harsh thought process. That's a harsh mentality. Um, and so here's what spanking looks like. It is never to abuse, to hurt rule number one is to never do it uh in anger ever ever um if you have any anger in your heart whatsoever don't spank ever
2: and it's to be fair to your children if they're tired don't go to walmart and expect them to be angels
1: yeah i mean you many times the we're we're setting them up yeah exactly Mm
2: -hmm. or staying up past their bedtime and expecting them to not throw fits or feeding them sugar and telling them to not be hyper. It's its just not fair. Don't discipline them for something that you did to them.
1: You know, and so <clears throat> it made me think of a funny story that I was recently heard. There's a man that we uh, have a lot we love. Um, actually, just, he's my step, he's my stepdad. And uh, he he's a big hunter and all this kind of stuff. And he never had children of his own um, until us. And uh, he had a friend come over, and he had two young boys, probably about six, seven, eight years old. And the other one, he said, hey – and it was in the morning. They're going to go sitting in a deer blind. And, you know, he just didn't know. So he said, hey, y'all want some apple pie? And he put, he said, you want some ice cream with that apple pie? And a Coke. And then, yeah, I said, you want a Coke with that apple pie? And the dad's over here thinking – Oh, boy. What are you doing, man? And so he said they went to go sit in that deer blind and they were just pinging, ping, ding, ding, ding off the deer blind. And, 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 you know, my stepdad he looked over at his friend and his friend said, Hey, don't look at me. He said, This, you did this. Well, it wasn't long after, and one of the boys, I mean, you fill them up, they got to go pee, and they're trying to keep them in the blind. Well, it didn't work out. And he peed all over that blind. <laughs> Hunting day over. But to credit the dad's credit, and and, and for my, my stepdad every time he says, Hey, my every time he got up there he says, My blind still smells like pee. <laughs> you know, and, and the you know, the dad always says, Well, hey man, that's your fault. That wasn't on me. And that's that's actually right. So the, the dad did not hold <laughs> those kids to a false standard. Didn't I mean he he he, you know, it is what it is. That's a great example though. It's a funny one. I, I, I laughed. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. So again, a spanking should never be done in anger. Also, let's back up a step. If if you have it come from a history of abuse and were abused or you're involved with CPS or anything like that, and there's some legal reason you, you shouldn't spank, well then don't spank. Go ahead. We'll see you on the next podcast. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, there's not much more I'm gonna talk about here anyway. Uh, you know, but the thing is is you need to make sure that they have adequate warning, that they know that it's coming. Um you know, the spanking should also always be done in private. Uh, we never do it in front of a kid. We always would go back into our bedroom. And many times I give them an opportunity. Sometimes the thought of a spanking is worse than the actual spanking. So I'll say, there's been times where I've been like, all right, we'll go sit in my chair. i uh, sit in daddy's chair. And I'll leave him back there for a little while. Um, every now and then I'll forget. <laughs> That's happened before. And Brandy will say, uh, there's a kid sitting under your chair. Oh, yeah. And by the time I get back there, they have a very, you know, repentant heart.
2: It's funny because we hardly ever have had to spank our kids. I mean, our two older kids, we probably spanked them more than we did. little. Or little. You know, but you learn and, and
1: you, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Well, you eventually realize that if you love them and you, you do all the pre work, you're not going to have to do that.
1: Yeah. And to be honest with you, I couldn't even tell you the last time I spanked a kid. Um, I, the further we got into parenting, the less I felt like it was productive. Um, and I'm not criticizing you if you do. Trust me, as a kid, I got a lot of them, and eh, I probably needed them. <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna be honest,
1: okay? I mean, I'm pretty sure that I was still going to school when there was corporal punishment. And I held, I I still hold the record for the number of licks in a you know tenure while at Puckett Elementary. So um you know again you have to be united with your with your spouse um that the, what we don't use belts we don't use cords we don't use i mean we've heard all kinds of things in cps people got spanked with and it's crazy we had just a little wooden it's not a spoon either just a little wooden paddle meant specifically for paddling and and uh and then we tested it brandy wouldn't let me test it out on her so i had to test it out on myself no. yeah, it's like come here and tell uh-uh. me if this hurts uh-uh. and uh anyway but we make sure we know how hard we're hitting i i know that my so that way you know, because it's not to, all we're trying to do, the only thing, we're, if their heart's already submitted, there's no reason to spank. Because the whole goal is to get them to, basically to get their attention so that we can get their hearts submitted. That's that's it. Um, there's been a number of times where there have been big offenses or whatever else. But as soon as I see, the moment I see submission and repentance in their heart, in their, in their, in their mind, in their eyes, there's no reason to spank. Do not, because then it's punishment, not discipline. Um, the other thing is, you got to be united. If you're married, uh, you know, you, you and your spouse need to be united in this. And if you're not, that's going to create collateral damage. Well, it won't be healthy for the kid because they'll see the the split and division, and it won't be good for your marriage. So, again, there's there's actually, you know, I'll say this: What ages? Um, let's talk about just boys first of all. If you let mama spank boys past a certain age, it can really begin to emasculate them, and, uh, and I, it's not healthy. Um, it just depends on the kid. Um, I think in our case, we kind of said, what, eight years old?
2: I don't remember. You know, it's been yeah. a little bit.
1: Um, you know, on the kids' side of things, they learned it's not healthy to laugh when mom spanked them. Um <laughs> You know, think that's kind of where you know, but no, it with with our boy. I mean, it, it became something that I dealt with, uh, because I don't want to emasculate. And whenever we're spanking, um, no, obviously there's times I'm at work and there's been times where she's had to do something, but it's been rare. Uh, but when possible, we're in the room together, and so the kids can see that we are united and that we love them. And then here's the most important part okay, so we've done the deed, um, we've got a spanking. The thing that we never leave that room until we know we have their hearts. We set them in our lap. We love on them. We talk with them. Do you understand why? What? And then we don't just say, do you understand? We say, tell us why you got us spanking. And making sure that they can articulate. And, and I would say close to 100% of the time, they've all said, as, you know, before we've left, they, they agreed. Yeah, I kind of deserved it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well,
2: and the goal is to have their heart and have joy and peace by the time you leave that room together. Um, And so much so we've seen God honor this, that at the end of one of our children's um, discipline time, um, she gave her heart to Jesus. It it was just something where the Holy Spirit took that opportunity to move and, and convict and come in and bring his, his holy conviction, and she realized her. I know you're thinking him. we
1: spanked him into submission on that. that oh no, it, it wasn't. It really wasn't. That was it was beautiful. It, it was. It was really neat how that worked out that mm-hmm. night. Um, and that kid's on fire for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, on fire. Uh, and that was a number of years back. But anyway, you know, I, I want to say this: that you know, as we kind of you know wrap up here, is that. I'm going to, here really soon, I'm going to give my testimony. Um, The last episode that you saw on the podcast was Melissa Ponder's um, testimony, and it was phenomenal. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Because everything that we're talking about here, you know, in regards to, you know, raising kids and all this kind of stuff, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's going to be way harder. And not only that, you're not going to have the correction and the guidance and the direction that he really wants. Um, but I'm going to do a podcast, probably the next one, um, about my testimony or in the next few about my testimony and how I came to Christ, because, you know, I think it's important. We're going to start doing that more here is just sharing a testimony. How did you come to Christ? What is your story? Because let me tell you something, everything we're talking about here, raising our kids, everything we're doing on this podcast, it's for that reason is to introduce you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus right now is your time. And in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. If you feel God tugging at your heart right now and and, and you know that you need to get on your knees and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you can stop and do it right now, and I'm going to pray with you, and here's how it goes. Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner, and I would ask right now that you would invite I invite Jesus Christ into my life because I know that you sent your only begotten Son to die for me on that cross. And I received Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior. And I know that my name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, share with us. Put it out there. If you don't want to put it in the comments, that's fine. Just put it in the comments, would you please contact me? And I will private message you. The church could private message you. We will reach out to you or call the church. I want to have a conversation with you about it. that one of our pastors do. And I'll tell you what, it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, and it's the most important parenting decision that you will ever make in your life. Well, until the next one, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next podcast.
0: Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.